0: Welcome to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop, the podcast where we help you harness your intuition, your personal power, so that you can live a magical life. All right. Well, what's next? Are we hitting the eclipses? Yes. So eclipses. Can you talk about it? Yeah. Talk me about eclipses though before, because I, I want to, I don't know that everyone knows why they're significant. Like why do we care about eclipses? I
1: love them. So as I said at the beginning, like the the sun and the moon are our most powerful tools for understanding these cycles, these grand cycles of time and space. And the so it, some of you may be familiar with new moon intentions and full moon reflections and how just like if you watch it on a monthly Monthly basis, you'll see this (laughs) wax and this wane. And it happens, like I said, every 28 days, every month or so, we get the the cycle occurring and reoccurring. The eclipses happen on new moons and full moons. And when they're aligned in a time and space where the sun, the moon, and the earth are at their closest alignments. And so they're what I consider the biggest, the biggest full moons and new moons of the year. So even if you didn't do any full moon, new moon ceremonies or anything like this or intention settings, the eclipses are the ones to do it for because they hold sway for about, they happen every, approximately every six months. So we have like two to three, sometimes four in, a, in one cycle and then, or, in, you know, in a year. And so it's one of those things where like the way that I think about it is, so coming up, we have this big eclipse happening in April there's one that happens before that but that's it's a really potent one and it's a solar eclipse it's going to be on a new moon and that'll be that that moment is going to have some insight some seeds and some intentions and some reflections on how to maximize the next 6 months and so i like it is really cool what you said about the 40 you know, like setting a goal for 40 years or, you know, I do these things. I, I actually have to give props to my sister, Reg. Shout out, Reg. She's so awesome. She's always been a goal setter. What's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? What's your, And she gets stuff done. And I'm definitely a little bit more esoteric in riding these waves. And I'm like, I've never really wanted to set goals on these yearly thing. You know, I, five and 10 actually feels off to me. Those numbers aren't really cyclical and rhythmic in my world. But when I think about the lunar cycles and the solar cycles, I can use that. I can say, okay, this next six months, or for example, every, uh, like what you want to think about is with the eclipses, they happen in, so they do happen every six months, but when you're looking at the specific signs that they're in, they happen in nine and 18 year cycles, nine and, oh. nine and a half, 18 and a half year cycles. So that's kind of. Interesting too. It's not 10 or 20. It's nine and eighteen. So when you understand these rhythmic numbers, these these alignments and these numbers, you can again look at the past, look at the present, look at the future, and use these eclipses to help you through big goal setting. Okay. The, the other thing I would say about eclipses is that they're very they represent like karmic dharmic lessons. So like lessons in our souls, again, on, our, on a cellular level, they, they represent our soul's experience of past, present, and future. So it, when I'm doing an astrology reading or a session with somebody, I can use the nodes to sort of say, oh, well, the, your soul's been working on this because of where your south node has been. This is where you are now, and that's where your, your north node is where your soul's sort of mission is, your soul's north star, so to speak. So they're powerful for understanding past and future of this life and maybe past and future lives too. Okay. Deep, deep, deep stuff. Another thing I want to say about that too is that if you're interested or you studied Vedic astrology, which is the Indian, India astrology, um, 5,000 years old, there is, they put a huge weight, uh, uh, the... The Vedic astrologers put a huge weight in the nodes, actually, and a lot of tropical or Western astrologers, which I'm speaking more Western tropical astrology today, don't really put that emphasis so much. You, they're starting to. You'll you'll hear it more in the collective conversations around astrology, more so now, which is mm-hmm. interesting because I think it's we need to use this these for guideposts and as far as our own evolutionary process. But um, I find it fascinating that it's been that that's one of the things that that you know ancient astrologers and ancient vedas were using to help guide themselves through time and space.
0: Yeah, I I like the north node. I mean, I've only been referred to it through evolutionary astrologers primarily. They have a focus on that. And what I also think is cool about the north nodes, especially I was in this group doing transformation type work, you share that with a generation or at least a year of people, so you can yes. also it's kind of interesting that the groups that you come in with have a similar soul mission and evolution is it is it the whole year is it like I'm born in eighty two so it's like everyone in eighty two has the same the same one or how does how does it's that work an,
1: it basically um it it lasts for about eighteen months in each sign
0: got it so it's so, so it could be a year and a half mm-hmm.
1: exactly exactly. And I just that's a really great comment you said about the generations because Pluto is the same. Pluto in every sign represents a new generation. So like Pluto and, and Leo are, are the Boomers. Pluto and Virgo are in in into Libra are the Gen Xers, and then you have the Millennials and in, in Sagittarius and Scorpio and Sagittarius. So it's really fascinating that you you can look at the generational um, soul collective of that generation depending on what the the nodes and Pluto are, and again, it's right. The evolutionary astrologers speak to this a lot. I I tend to refer to these particular um, celestial points and and planets as evolutionary pathways. They really do give us a sense of like, okay, if I'm driving down this road of my life, like I want to stay on the pathway that's going to help me evolve and transform and and re, you know reach my highest per, you know my highest potential. Part of that is through understanding where Pluto and the eclipses are in your chart. So we have, this is what's interesting is you have the North and South node of where they were when you were born, but then you also have the collective North and South node of what's happening right now in time and space. So it's, so for example, the, so the North node, let me bring it back a little bit because this is important. So the North node is the what they consider the head of the dragon. It's the direction that we're going. It's our future orientation, our future intention, the future, and from the present moment and where I want to direct my energy. The south node is the tail of the dragon. It's the past, it's where I've been and what I've evolved through to now. Mm-hmm. And something that I find is um happens a lot is people tend to backslide and lean back into what's comfortable south node. So generally speaking, most folks are South Node oriented. Uh, there are yeah. a few of us that are looking to be present and maybe moving into the North Node, but it's really common, the common denominator ends up in the South. Everyone wants to like <laughs> lean back and take the ride instead of like actually Project into the future, which is it. You know, again, takes a lot of willpower and fortitude to do this, but right. I believe in humanity and I believe in us. So
0: let's go. Let's um, and just, <laughs> just for people that don't know, also your North Node and your South Node are on opposite ends of the of the zodiac spectrum, right? So it's that's like, it. yes. Okay, so that's also there's like that that, that duality where, okay, you can speak to it. Yeah. More, but so for people I'm so glad. Know. Yes. They're exact
1: polar opposites. They're exactly polar opposite. And what I want to say about this too, like if you're just thinking about, if you don't want to look at the chart and you just want to understand eclipses themselves, as I said before, it, the, the nodes are actually not a thing, but they're a place in space where the earth's orbit i'm sorry the sun and the moon's orbits cross one another from our viewpoint of earth and so it's like a it's a place in space where the sun the moon and the earth can come together so that alone is like the most like that's so potent for me because as again as like a moon gazer and a solar solar worshiper or whatever like i love these moments in time and space where Earth where I live, where I am and on Earth, and they align the sun and the moon all together, that's a really harmonic moment, a powerful moment of of all these, you know, present forces coming together to give me insight and and feedback and just reflection on where I am. Mm. So they're they're potent. Okay. So we just had like if you were you might have heard about that eclipse in october or you might have witnessed it we had a solar eclipse in october where you could in the northern hemisphere of the of north america you could look up and actually see the earth's or the sun the moon come between earth and the sun and so it blocked out the sun's light you know Mm -hmm. and we're basically going to have another one coming in april where we'll be able to see that from the united states which is It's potent. We don't get them. We don't get to see them very often from here. The last time was 2017. And then before that, it had been some 30 some years, 31, 32 years since we were able to actually witness a full solar eclipse from the United States. So
0: it's a big In 2017, I took a busload of people from my store to drive up to North Georgia to see it. There we went on a field trip then we had our little glasses on yes. and we like we went we went to see the solar the solar eclipse yeah that's what it was right I once an,
1: yeah once in yeah. a lifetime opportunity that eclipse happened in leo mm. so again it's I say once in a lifetime but now you get to see it you know you could have seen one in October and you get to see another one again on on April 8th so that's it's, co- it's really cool. And if you want to look like, so I would say this too for reference for folks, if you're looking to see what time these things are or where they occur for you, FarmersAlmanac.com is a great resource. It's sort of like open mind, you know, it's not, there's, it's just really an open free place to go look and get this information without having to get a lot of the jargon or whatever that goes along with it. If, if you just want to look, where's that map of the, where the eclipse is going to be seen, you can look there. That's a great resource. So, um, it, yeah, that, that eclipse that happened in October was, um, a new moon in Libra. And so it was pretty potent because that was a South node eclipse, and so if you think about it, it's like whatever started happening back to kind of the folks that are like, what's been going on? You know, like, I'm feeling a little stuck. It's like, I feel like everybody dumped the, We were like dumping our cup in October, like spill the cu- like spill the wine, spill the cup, let, you know, let it out. There's a full on like surrender and release that occurred. And as far as like where we've been, who we are, who we think we are. I had a full on like in my own personal life. is like I really started to step into this place where I'm like ready for, for a lack of better words, rebrand, you know? And not like rebrand of my business, but like me. What am I really representing? What do I stand for right now? Where's my energy mm-hmm. going? And and um it a lot of that has to do with them, like how I relate to other people. That's the Libra. Well, moving into this next eclipse cycle, it's happening in Aries, which is about the self. So right now, the North node, those were the first eclipses of this, of this cycle that happened in October and November, or en- October and end of October. These are the first ones that occurred in 18 years where the North node is in Aries and the South node is in Libra. And so if we just like took away the dates and the understanding of all that, what does this mean? North node in Aries is the direction that we're going where we want to focus is on aries archetypes aries is all about the self this is also the first house stuff It's like my self-empowerment my willpower my presence my i I always think of aries as like the pilot light it's the first sign of the zodiac it like sparks our evolutionary will to be Mm -hmm. who i am it's all about I am. Who am I authentically? And, and so with the north node being in Aries, this is a time to focus on yourself, on your authentic self. I think it's awesome. So we get to do <laughs> this for the next few eclipses. You know, so we started in, an, in the fall and now we get another couple cycles of eclipses where we're really putting our emphasis on that north node of authentic self with the south node being in Libra, I'm like, way back there, you know, the, the tail of the dragon, It the Libra represents the other. So Aries is the self, the polarity is the other, outside feedback. And so this is why like some relationships have changed, some relationships may be falling away. Some, it also has to do with like how we relate to outside of ourselves. So for example, it's like, I used to really love purple and I still do, but right now I'm really loving green, you know, like green's my job, you know, that's where I'm vibing right now. And so it doesn't mean that I have to like totally throw away purple, but I, I'm, I'm reveling in the green right now because that's like, I'm looking at it differently. I feel it differently than I used to, you know, it's resonating with me more. And so what you might find in your life is that there's the ways that you're like, I always think about like this. So I'm a Pilates teacher as well you know, one of, that's some of my embodiment practice. And if you've ever been on any Pilates equipment, we we talk about the spring a lot. There's this feedback, outside feedback. And I think of that as the Libra energy. It's like my outside feedback of how I'm relating is like, am I letting it in and throw me off balance? Or am I m- letting it meet me? You know, and that's what you want to do when you're practicing yoga, Pilates, like any of these embodiment practices, Qigong, Tai Chi. It's like, you're looking for that place where you meet the outside world rather than letting it come in and throw you off bounds or pushing your energy into it as well you know there's a time and place for everything but we're (laughs) learning this grace of like i am me you are you Mm, here we are and it's so perfect because it's conducive to this like pluto and aquarius thing it's like oh I'm me, you're you, let's, you know, where do we meet? Where's that Vesca Pisces? Where's that place where we come together and we merge versus where we stay separate and independent? You know, this is really a time with these eclipses. That's what I feel like we're being asked to to reflect on and to transform in our own personal lives. It's like, how how do I relate to the outside world and this feedback and stay true to myself at the same time?
0: That's great, and so those are those are all the eclipses this year are going to be in based on that. So we get to practice a couple of times. That's it. Yeah, we have a few. Yeah, we have the whole
1: year to practice. So I'll let's talk about these. The the dates are March twenty fourth is the first eclipse of the year. It's a lunar eclipse, which means it's on a full moon, where the Earth is between the Sun and the Moon, and that'll happen at five degrees Aries and five degrees Libra. So again, if you have, if you know your chart and if that means something to you, great. You know, Hmm. the other thing I would say too is if you have anything else in the cardinal signs like Aries, Cancer, Virgo, or I'm sorry, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn are the cardinal signs. So if you have anything in these beginning degrees of these signs, then this will have an influence on you, maybe more so than someone else. Even though we, again, we all collectively experience them. But if it hits your chart, it's going to hit you in a different way, in a more personal way. So that's the lunar eclipse. It happens on March 24th. And then on the 8th is that big eclipse I was talking about. It's a solar eclipse, which is a new moon. And that's the one that's visible from the United States. And this one's potent. I, I like put a big start. Like there's a January 20th is a big day. April 8th is another big day of this coming year. Because at this, at this eclipse, we have the sun, the moon, and the asteroid Chiron all mm-hmm. at 19 degrees. And if you know anything about Chiron, it looks like a little circle with a K on top of it On when you look at it on the chart. It reminds me of a key. It's like the skeleton key to you. And so I think it's so potent that it's happening in Aries, for one, on this solar eclipse total solar eclipse where basically there's, we have a moment where we're able to really see our wounds. And like, this is like, Aries is like a warrior as well. So this is like, how do I get the courage and the strength and the will to heal myself, but also take those things that I've maybe like thought is like a wound or thought is a trouble. Like that's the old trouble in my life. It's over there. I like put it, you know, you cover it up or you shove it under the, you know, under the, <laughs> rug or whatever. These are the parts that you don't like people to see so much. This is where we sort of whoosh, open up the, you know, the go beyond the veil and like you see, like I'm actually a superhuman. You know, like I'm a superwoman or I'm a superman. It's like I I can actually use that it, this as some of my superpower. And so, I feel like with the solar eclipse coming on April 8th, there's a real Um, prayer and intention for myself, I'm just putting it out there for myself and those that are listening that want to take it on. This is an opportunity to heal some of our deepest wounds that we've been carrying for lifetimes Mm. and around our own sense of ourself and who we are. You know, part of the way I look at that in my own personal experience is that uh, this is a real, like just stepping into the power of, of my own ability to actually be a healer, to be someone that, you know, like for lack of better words, like the embodiment thing is, as you know, is a huge part of my life and it's something I've worked on, but I've sort of kind of kept it as this little, like I kind of, you know, little baby steps or whatever. And right now it's like (sighs) embodiment for real, like do it on a consistent, like it's like be me for real, 100% consistent. Like I'm looking for some consistency in it. And that's what I feel like the Chiron for me is representing is this, like, where can I be more consistent with my, with those, you know, where I've been kind of scared or like, I mean, I can Mm. even feel my body wanting to shrug my shoulders and pull back. It's like, uh, it's that part of us (laughs) that wants to like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of scared, but I know I need to do this, you know? So it's like, take this next few months to prep yourself. So when that, when that little moment in time comes through, you can lay it on the table and let yourself be healed on a really deeply profound level so that you can actually like move forward into your highest potential, your truest form of yourself, of the, of the self. Mm. I feel like if you have any like questions or wondering like this is a big time for prayers are like, what, you know, like, what is my soul mission? If you don't, if you're not being fully called yet, or you're not sure, I think it's in the key, the key of your healing and like, what have I been afraid of healing too? Cause I think that's, it's part of it. It's again, it's the little timid, mm. Um, one, I'll say this too, like I it always comes back to movies and music, but the wizard of Oz <laughs> has been showing up so much. And it's that this is the full on moment where like Glenda tells Dorothy girl, you've been wearing these shoes the whole time, baby. Like all you needed to do was click your heels together and you can go home. And she just mm-hmm. like, went through all that stuff. I'm like, how to face her fear with the witch and how to face her fear with the wizard of Oz. You know, it's just the whole thing. And it's like, no, they're actually, you're wearing them. you've been on you know the solutions on your feet you had them the whole time like you didn't nobody gave these to you you know like you've been wearing them this whole through this whole journey and i think that's what it's about is like you might find this moment where it's like oh it's with it's within me and it has been so Mm -hmm. i just need to embrace that and be courageous enough to click my heels (laughs) there's
0: no place like home
1: there's no place like home center of (laughs) gravity home is what i think Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the last thing about that eclipse too that's super potent is that Mercury will be retrograde in that time. And I try to diffuse the energy around the retrogrades, like even Mercury retrograde, everybody freaks out and it's no big deal. It's no big deal. What I I like to think of it as is like if you ever like got ready to leave your house and you're like on your way to the grocery store and then you – get in your car and you drive out of your driveway and then you realize oh I forgot my bags and so you pull back into your driveway and then you get out of the car and you go get your bags and then you get back in the car and you go big deal so that's kind of that's the way I I feel like if you can think about these retrogrades is just this is a moment of like wait what did I forget about myself that I need to remember (laughs) did I forget my coat You know, I might need my (laughs) coat, you know, just go get it. No big deal. You'll feel better that you had it (laughs) than if you, if you didn't. And again, a lot of these things, when I look at the cycles, they're lessons in grace and in flow and like being in the moment. And, you know, so what if you have to turn around for a minute, like consider it some sort of a cosmic synchronicity that's keeping you maybe out of trouble from some situation or in alignment with something else. And Instead of like holding on, you know, getting frustrated and wondering why I have to do this and that. It's like, just try as much as you can to like take these little glitches or hub, you know, hub blues or whatever you want to call them. Like whatever these things are, like they're, they're happening in a synchronistic way to keep you in tune and in alignment with yourself. If you're really practicing your presence, it can be a good thing.
0: It's like, how is this happening for me instead of to me is it more empowering That's it. Way to look at it, yeah. Yep,
1: that's it. Yep, so that's the April 8th eclipse, and that happens- We're only into
0: April. (laughs) I know, exactly. 19
1: (sighs) degrees Aries, okay? So if you got something between 19 to 25 or 26 degrees um, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, that's going to be a little more potent for you, but it's happening for all of us, so- That's that eclipse. And then the following one after that happens on September 17th, which is a lunar eclipse. So you might notice it's like lunar, solar, lunar, solar, Mm -hmm. because it has to do with new moons and full moons, new moons and full moons. So the full moon in September is a lunar eclipse that happens in Virgo, with the sun in Virgo, and the moon in Pisces. And so that's really interesting because this September 17th eclipse that's coming has a lot to do with... It's going to be giving us previews and insights into the upcoming eclipse cycles that are occurring. Okay. This is kind of a handful and a mouthful, but I'll say this because it's important. But like if you reflect to April of 2023, there were some insights in that eclipse that happened on April 30th, I think it was, 2023, that is giving you insight into the eclipse cycle that we're having right now. So that's why I call it living in rhythm, because if you're in tune and in sync and in time, you'll start to see like the universe isn't just like, boom, throwing you surprises. It's actually preparing you when you're in tune and in cycle, it prepares you for what's coming. And so it doesn't come off as these big, you know, in your face thing unless you're not, you know, when you start paying attention to stuff, it really it's actually so it's so comforting and knowing that we get some insight into how to like ride these waves.
0: Totally, you're so, also building a case for journaling. I feel like after hearing all this reflection, it's like I'm like, let me look at my journal. Like, what was I writing about? Keeping that kind of stuff up because I I find that like this preview is super helpful. But where I've been most impressed in this with astrology in my life has been in retrospect. Often, when you it. talk to an astrologer and you're like. Uh, one of our mutual friends. I don't know if you. Uh, one, I don't know if you know Linnea. Um, mm-hmm. Ricky. Yeah, I was. I was texting with Linnea like at one time about a certain period of time. And she's like. Did it just so happen that like an, a love of your life from 20 years ago just came back into the picture and just like poked his head in and, you know, where you're chatting and then vanished? I was like, how the F did you know that? Just like, <laughs> oh, it's right here in your chart." It was so specific. It was so specific. Um, so it, it's good to have astrologers as friends. Um, Oh, that's good. But keep the journals, guys. I would say like start this journaling process, especially now that you have an awareness of these eclipse seasons and how like some of them are preludes to what's to come because it'll help you thread your own needle for how this is impacting you.
1: Boom, boom, boom. I love it. (laughs) No, it's really true because what you can think about is like, so the last time the North Node was in Aries was in 2004, 2005. Okay you can really like th- yeah and then like you go tw- 18 years back from there 18 years back from there you know it's just like when you start to look at these cycles in 9 to 18 year cycles you it's it's a trip it is a trip because there is such a thread line uh, you know there's a through line if you look at your life and what you'll and so for those of us that are like looking for our soul mission and stuff it's right there in the nodes and in pluto i am not kidding if you look at your life in 18 year cycles. It's like, what was I doing? Cause this is a, you know, North node areas is about the self for sure. So you can kind of go, what was my focus really? What was I focusing on in that time period? And, um, yeah, it does. It puts it all together for you. And, and it starts to be, <laughs> the nodes are my favorite. Like I said, because they're it's so in your face and obvious when you start to do the math of like backward and in, in time and space. And it's like, the patterns are real. And so it's sort of like I, I look back at um, like even with the, so I would say this too, not to get too over everybody's head, but like, so we have the 18 years, last time North Node was in Aries was 18 years ago approximately. Well, nine years ago, the North Node was in Libra. So it was flipped. So we had the North Node Libra, South Node Aries about nine years ago or so. So there's this – I love that you brought up the polarity because it gives us an angle to like – you look at things from the front side, from the back side. You can kind of see it's like if I'm looking at it from partnerships and relationships and outside feedback, it's this. But when I look at it from the self, it's Mm. got this angle. And so, yeah, I, I love how the stars and the alignments give us opportunities to observe. This is like an evolutionary astrology thing to observe and correlate what we're experiencing on our own personal level. Cause again, this really is about you Mm -hmm. (laughs) having your own best experience and how you show up for the, in the collective world, you know? And so it's, it's about, it's so personal. I actually love that, that you can personalize it and customize it in a way where it's, this is my reality, you know, like this is my reality. This is my life. What are some of my Mm -hmm. themes and how do I best Ride these waves to, to manifest and, and grow from them. So yes. Yeah. Big stuff, huh?
0: Yeah. It's you, fun. You I'm, yeah, I'm feeling very hopeful for the year and I, mainly because you've helped to contextualize ways that I've been pulled and the changes that I'm looking to make. And it makes me feel comforted, just like you're saying, to know that someone else is going through it. It's like this gives me context to understand more broadly why I'm feeling pulled in certain directions. And then if I do my homework and I look where these things ping my chart specifically, um, I bet it will make even more sense. But even in a broad scope, it makes a lot of sense to me. So I hope that it resonates with the listeners as well, or they can see themselves reflected in what you're saying. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, obviously both of us are open for
1: sessions to help anybody if they wanted to get a little one-on-one time or if you have questions, you know, reach out to either one of us because we both have – I know you have a lot of great wisdom and knowledge around this stuff, so it's – yeah, it's helpful to talk to somebody and just kind of break it down and look at it because sometimes you're, we're so close to the project, you know? Yeah. And for it, sure. Again, that's why it's like, wh- who are my allies here? Who really does see me? You know, who really does mm-hmm. feel me? Because I can use that as a, you know, I can, we need to help each other grow here. It's, yes, you know, it's a lot of growth happening. That's for sure. Yes, so, for sure.
0: So, yeah, is so, that, so, those are the highlights. So, that's the highlights for 2024 that we can work with. That's great.
1: Yeah, right. Well, that's there's, one more, ecl- there's, oh, there's one, one more eclipse that happens in 2024. So like I said, the 17th of September is going to give okay. us previews for 2025 eclipses. But okay. then on October 2nd, we have our last eclipse of, the, of this cycle of the North Node in Aries. So that's kind of fascinating too. And that's a, a new moon where the sun and the moon and black moon Lilith, another asteroid, is going to be at 10 degrees Libra. So this will be a south node eclipse. Mercury is also in this one at 11 degrees. So that's kind of, I think that's interesting that the eclipses this year happen with Mercury, the two solar eclipses, because this speaks a lot to our ability to, how are we thinking and how are we communicating and expressing ourselves in this time? Mm. And so that October eclipse, also with the black moon Lilith, I'm all like getting my little, yeah, you my look body little language over there. <laughs> exactly, <sudden> like, <laughs> exactly. I know, like my body language always tells it all. And then I have a one, I have a podcast as well, Living in Rhythm podcast, and I have a friend who's like, every time you start whispering, I have to lean in because I know you're, you know, like I get this voice, and I start talking about something kind of. But this is this is one of those moments in October second when I saw that eclipse being with the Black Moon Lilith. This is a feminine, like rebellious. Uh, I mean, she is like. The, I'm like ugh. when I look at it, it, it is. It's like this empowerment of the feminine, in in a really like taking control back in in a way that has been like if you know about the mythology of of Lilith. I mean, she was kicked out of Eden, and you know she's the bat. You know she's the rebel, like the Jezebel or whatever. You know, like she she represents a lot of that, like you know the <laughs> the the things that are taboo about like high femininity and really in a way sexuality and what I think about this like ability to be receptive with that with the Libra of like being able to be receptive and in tune with and it's a new moon and so it's like very potent receptivity time like I just am doing this little like hand gesture but it's like this how can I magnetize and feel into the space This whole year is like, again, what have you learned and what can you build from what you've learned? Because there's so we've been through so much. We've kind of like shed layers of ourselves. And part of my mantra, like all 2021 and 2020 and 2021, was like, go ahead and let yourself change. Like be daring enough to change. We have to right now. And this year we're actually like trying it on and like, ooh, what if I do wear that color? Like, what if I put on that lipstick? I'm wearing lipstick. To never wear lipstick. You look good in your lipstick. I see you. <laughs> ah,
0: thank yeah, she's
1: got her red lipstick on. I got my hot pink lipstick on. It's this feeling of like, you know, what what are what can we do to like let ourselves express and and be more receptive. So we're giving and receiving from this higher place of true self, unapologetic and unafraid of of what the outside influences. You know, like that's not gonna affect me anymore. Like, how can we really get strong enough so that we're we're so fortified in who we are that we're not, thr- you know, we don't collapse on ourselves. We're not budged mm-hmm. by the littlest thing. So I feel like this these eclipses this year are gonna be really empowering.
0: I love that. I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Many times in our conversation, you've been talking about preparing. Like, if you can prepare for this, if you can prepare for this, and because you are so multifaceted in your expertise. I'm wondering, um, is there any advice that you can give us to prepare, whether it's practices, whether, you know, do we prepare our mind, body, spirit, all of it, um, so we can, you know, uh, what you say, surf these energies with a lot more grace and resiliency? I love it. Yes. You know, the
1: biggest thing that, thank you for asking that, because actually, like, I, I always say this with my students and clients, it's like, you've... I know everybody wants to get 5D and be spiritual and like into the new age and all these things, but true true, real talk is that you are a human having a human experience in a third dimensional reality. And so our physical body is everything right now. We have to be getting connected into the third dimensional reality of our own physicality. And so a physical practice is huge, huge right now, because that is going to give you something tangible to work with with all this esoteric and energetic transformation that's that's occurring we need to have a strong temple structure to let the energy move through and and manifest through and so i like a real simple thing that i love to do and that i teach on a regular basis is just the one to three breath reset is what i call it and it's just a moment of tuning into your breath for one to three breaths can really get, if you want to start to get efficient at this, so you could do it within one to three breaths. And then obviously the longer you linger, the better it is. It becomes meditative, but just taking one to three breaths to sort of anchor yourself where you are, rooting into the moment, into your physical body, whether it be your seat or your feet, like grounding into that physicality. And then visualizing that energy like the kundalini energy rising up through your center and out into the space that as it surrounds you and, and just starting to use that presence that presencing to then circulate the energy in mm. that moment in that space and i i'm bringing up wizard of oz again but i feel like we're we all our auric bubble like you think about your auric field is the glenda the good witch bubble we all have mm. one, and and it's actually up to us to sort of ex- some of, some like really high practitioners have a very big large bubble. I mean, I met the Dalai Lama at one point, and it, you could feel him from outside the you know you could feel him just walking. Mm. You know, this is like the energy, um, you know. So the, the, you can have your orc range of motion, as I like to call it, be super broad, or you can contain it and and keep it nice and and contained. And so it's our ability to. Tune into that auric field to circulate energy from a grounded present state within that is one of the best practices that you can do. Just breath. And you yes. don't need a teacher or a or a building or a school or anything have to pay for that. You got it in you, you know? Oh,
0: I love that. And then I also to add on to that, what I have found with a lot of my with myself and a lot of my clients feeling overwhelmed lately, because some of these eclipses and this energy can be overwhelming that's when you pay attention to your aura and see if it's overextended and kind of like wrap it in tight like a blanket like you don't yes. have to be like out there all the time and especially thinking about the themes that you're discussing about the self and not and where you meet the other and not overlap sometimes is kind of part of this journey for this year. Um anytime I feel overwhelmed I'm like oh I think my energy is too spread out and just I just imagine just wrapping it like like a little blanket around me uh, and it that. instantly is it's comforting but yes. also I think it pulls it in tight so there's less commingling of the energies.
1: Yeah, I'm like <laughs> snapping because that's so good. You you know like you really hit on something which will Again, come up into in a, in a little bit later in the conversation, but the, the, that really speaks to Jupiter. Like there's all this expanding and wanting to reach out and evolve and, and change and transform. And that's really true. But that there is like a, like the Grateful Dead say, maybe you had too much, too fast. Like you don't want to go too far, too fast, too quick. You know, you, you do want to be able to practice honing it in and consolidating it when necessary. And mm-hmm. I, I love the concept of having it wrap you and hug you like a blanket Uh, I have another client who actually like, because she does a lot of social work, she actually puts, she like visualizes. So we do a lot of visual techniques within the auric range in the auric field. And she talks about camouflaging it sometimes. Mm -hmm. She just straight up camouflage her bubble so that she can go around and do her thing and not feel like everybody's looking and wanting and wanting a piece of her. And I think that's a really cool, you know, like another way of self-protection and self-preservation is to be able to use some of these skills to, To play with how do I, back to how do I, one of the big questions I ask a lot is how am I being in time and space? Mm -hmm. Like how am I present? Or also like where am I present? Like am I in my body? Am I in my mind? Am I in somebody else's mind and emotions? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and you start to say like, where and how am I in time and space is the way I look at it. And then you can sort of calibrate your center of gravity and such that it's like, oh, I'm consolidated. I'm here. Mm. And I I really do love the concept of like, you got to root and anchor in, in order to rise. Like as a human being on earth, you do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Spirits don't, but yeah. So that's (laughs) important. Yeah, but
1: we do, you know? We do.
0: Yeah. I agree. What else we got? So are are there any other themes? Oh, wait, there's something else you you said Jupiter. You kind of have been sprinkling that in. So what's next?
1: So Jupiter is the next big theme of the year that uh, we want to look at. And Jupiter represents, it's the biggest, it's the biggest planet of the solar system. And uh, so I always look at that. Like you can, if you're, again, if you're uncertain about the archetypes, just look at the astronomy because there's a lot of information. Like Saturn has got its disciplined rings and it's very organized. And Clean. You know, Jupiter's got all these storms in it and it's growing and it's the biggest thing. And I heard this astronomer once say that if Jupiter, if it weren't for Saturn being in the solar system, that Jupiter would have just taken, if Saturn wasn't so structured and organized, Jupiter would have just taken, swallowed up all of the planets. <laughs> oh it would just gosh. keep growing. Yeah, I heard an astronomer say that, which I love. And so, you know, I just kind of think of that as like Saturn tempers Jupiter. Hmm, So interesting. But (laughs) Jupiter is a magnifier. It's an amplifier. It also represents teaching and the teacher and being taught. It's the educator and also the wisdom keeper. And so, as I said at the very beginning of our conversation, Jupiter right now is in retrograde. It has been for a few months. And it goes direct on the 30th of December, 31st, depending on where you are. And so we're kind of getting – like. Jupiter is definitely because it's so amplified and magnified. That's one of the feelings that you're going to sense when that planet, like hopefully if you're sensitive enough, you will feel like, whew, okay, the emergency brakes on. Now we can start to drive, you know, now we're going to start to drive a little bit. And so Jupiter moving forward into the year is having quite a year. So we've got on the 20th of April, it's basically going to conjunct Uranus for the first time since 1941. World War II. It's at 21 degrees Taurus. Now Taurus represents earthly realm. It's the material realm. It definitely represents monies, financial energies, value systems, like what do we value? Also like valuation with money. So this is where a lot of the conversation comes around the financial situation of the planet and of the country. United States. And so, you know, I, yeah, like I, I don't want to project, but I am, you know, and I actually, because I've never been alive during a time when Jupiter, this is sort of the way I look at stuff. It's like, we can look at what they've experienced in the past and get some insight into it. And then we recognize where we are now, you know?
0: Okay.
1: And so there's obviously some things that seem a little reminiscent of early days before world war II really kicked in. You know, so we can see that there are some patterns that are showing up again, but because they've shown up again, just like any historical buff would do is like, how do we learn from the past and evolve it? How do right. we change some of these energies and these forces from what we're seeing? Interesting enough, too, that 420 is uh, Hitler's birthday.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I was going to ask you if it was the spring equinox this year um as well. It's oh, wait, actually that would be, ma- that no, would be, would be March, March. I think Sorry, it March twentieth. Never mind. I'm yeah. off.
1: <laughs> no worries. I know. What's funny is I didn't even put the C. Se- I meant to put the date. right down the exact dates of the seasons. But again, you can look at the. You can look it up on on um on almanac. On almanac, the Farmer's Almanac. Farmers almanac. <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great resource, and it, it'll give you the times and everything. But you know, so that that Jupiter conjunct Uranus, I would say this too. That like, okay, so there's some things we want to be mindful of and and observe in that um it's a chain it like Uranus basically represents the unknown. It's very much a planet of surprise, spontaneity, revolution, rebellion. It's also like revolutionary in the sense of it's very creative. It's it's a higher octave, as they say. It's the higher octave of um yearn of mercury. So it's like a higher minded or a higher communication or thought process. So the way that I look at it too is that those of us that are living in rhythm and practicing our embodiment, this is a really profound time to amplify our extrasensory perceptions, the way I Mm. look at it. So for example, I already feel this in my own life and I've heard it from a lot of others that this has been a, these last, especially this last year, but these last couple of years have been a time of like, higher psychic energy, higher sensing and dreaming, and in just in my own extra senses. So it's like I'm tuning into things on a more heightened level than I ever was before. And um, like I've always had these these abilities, but I feel like it's even more profound right now because of what we've been going through in the times. I feel like this moment of the Jupiter conjunct Uranus is going to, in a way, give us more superpowers around our ability to like tune in to what's, you know, see what's unseen, hear what's unspoken, to feel and sense like you might even already be feeling this in your own life as far as like telepathy or knowing what somebody's going to say or looking at somebody and feeling what they're feeling and knowing that that feeling, you know, it's like I'm hearing people talk and they're not talking.
0: I thought it was just my gifts getting stronger, but I'll give it to the, I was like, I've been telling people, I was like, my readings are next level, but it might be because of this.
1: (laughs) Well, that's it. It's like, yeah, it's, and it's also because of the work that you've put in to help yourself become aware of that. And I get that back to that same thing around like, if you're doing the work, if you're really putting in the time and the effort to, to like grow yourself. It's a a magical time. And so back to that, like, Lisa Simpson, just don't look. It's like, okay, I see you, but I'm not going to focus on, I'm not going to put all my focus on like, oh, you know, like there's going to be plenty of astrologers that you'll hear that like, yeah, we're changing the way we do business. We're changing the way we value monies and energies and even ourselves back to the North Node in Aries. It's like, how do you value yourself? you know? And, and back to that, like, that's actually, for me, that's the biggest one. It's like, what are, cause I can even look at my own life. It's like, I've really, there's places where I just wasn't putting the value that I should have. And I mean, it's no big deal. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, like it's not a wasted thing. It's more like, okay, now I get to do this. Now mm-hmm. I get to actually have some like, you know, focus and grit around this. I'm going to, I'm going to follow through with this in my own way. And, and so I, I encourage everyone to, take that moment to kind of think of yourself on and amplify yourself in a way where you're of a higher mind. That's the way I want to think. Of it. It's just like you know, it's like okay, I can look at something and and see what it is and then how do I elevate it just by my thinking? You know?
0: Okay.
1: Elevate yourself for sure and then elevate others. That's the mantra. Mm. You know, elevate yourself and then elevate those around you. So I'm, that's why I'm looking. I'm going to amplify myself and others and my the, my thought process around that April 20th with Jupiter conjunct Uranus at 21 degrees Taurus. And <laughs> then um, on May 25th, Jupiter goes into the sign of Gemini for the first time in 12 years since 2012. So Jupiter goes around the Zodiac. one; It basically hits one sign per year, not, okay. not chronological year, but per annual cycle. So this is kind of cool. Once again, you can look back 2012. What was my focus in 2012? (laughs) You know, what was I thinking about? So the Jupiter moving into Gemini is, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because Gemini is also a sign of the mental state. It's uh, the way I, when I look at the Zodiac, I, I totally see this evolution of our, of our process and, and basically when I think of Gemini, it's like that first time when I start to conceptualize things, it's this part of like gathering data and information and like observing and connecting the dots and making lists and understanding all, you know, so it's very much a gathering of information and an understanding. And so there's with Jupiter going into Gemini, we're going to be, there's going to be a lot of mental energy going on as far as like ideas new ways, you know, and that's going to be amplified by the Pluto and Aquarius too. It's like, I have a feeling in this next year or two, we're going to, we're going to see some like Nikola Tesla's coming through. We're going to see some people that are like solving major problems for humanity just by having like all of a sudden having this culmination of ideas and in concepts that they've been working on for their lifetime and just having, boom, that light bulb clicks maybe on the, with the Uranus conjunct Jupiter, just like, bam, there's the energy and the electricity that I needed to, to see this idea through. It's the missing links, you know? So if you've been working on something like that, like watch for little gemstones of missing links, because things are going to be coming, being able to be put together like they Mm. never were before. And like back to that like idea around reflecting, if I think of 2012, you know, pfft, like I, you know, if, if some of us, it was so funny, like everybody thought like the, you know, whatever, like the, it's the end of the Mayan calendar. What does that mean? You know, and like, it's the beginning of the, of the age of Aquarius. And it really wasn't, but it kind of was like us getting to the beach of it. You know, we weren't totally at the water, but we're close, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, there's, there's going to be some highlights around, there's going to be some highlights around, um, you know, like what did you, what were some of the concepts and ideas that you had starting to formulate in 2012 and how have they matured yeah. over the last 12 years?
0: A lot of people I know had big psychic awakenings, including myself in 2012. I, mean, I know a lot of people who like woke up to or remembered or whatever, however you want to say it. That's
1: a great, con- that's a great way to say it. Cause I do see that coming through this next year is like, it's going to be like popcorn. People are going to be popping off in their consciousness. Like you would, you know, it'd be like the last person you thought would just all of a sudden start to be, you know, like aware and conscientious or whatever. A and modern a sudden- mystic
0: shop customer all of a sudden. <laughs> Exactly. All of a sudden they're like, I need the,
1: I just, I don't know why I need these cards. I need these stones. I need the, you know, like hook me up, you know? I mean, it might be good for business, the astrology. (laughs) I I agree. I, well, you know, and I, when I, now that I reflect on that, it's so funny. Like I've been into astrology, like I'm kind of, this is a funny thing, but I started studying astrology when I was really little, when I was like seven years old is my first memory of it. Um, one of my best friends growing up, her mom was an astrologer. And um, so I just like and she was an herbal you know, an herbalist too. So like this is like she really influenced me a big time when I was really little. And it's, it's kind of profound because like I always was flirting around with with astrology and you know, there was times as I was in my eighteen twenties or whatever where, you know, I would kind of keep it hush hush because it was sort of taboo. Like people don't talk about it like they do now or they didn't, you know, and um 2012 was when I was like, I'm doing it.
0: Mm.
1: I'm going to do this. Like, no, really, this is part, like, it's a part of me. It always has been. And that was when I I just started doing more studies on it, taking more workshops, doing more courses. And it was just like, all right, now I'm going to do readings. By like 2013, I was doing readings beyond my friends and circle of, you know, family circle and stuff. And so, yeah, look at your life and see, like, what were some of those ideas and concepts that you started to put into action?
0: Mm-hmm. back cool. then.
1: Cause yeah, we're evolving from it, you know? So I love that. Just looking at where you have been, where are you going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a constant thing of, of life. Um, so there's a couple more things that happen with Jupiter this coming year. So after the, that Jupiter entering into Gemini on the 30th, we have Jupiter trining Pluto and it's at zero degrees. Zero degrees Aquarius, zero degrees Gemini, which is a a trine is like the same element. So it's in the air signs. Again, intellectual, mental energy, how we've transformed the way we think, how we transform the way we understand our cultural experience or our relational experience. And uh, what I will say about this too is that we have the Jupiter conjuncting Pluto, over 2020. And so this is almost like an evolution. It is an evolution of where we've been since January and of 2020, as well as the fall of 2020, the autumn. And so again, you can look back at your life and be like, well, you know, there was a lot going on at that time period and the world was definitely different, you know, and that was the whole thing is like Jupiter conjuncting Pluto was like amplifying change and transformation now they're harmonizing in a trine which is like giving us a sense of like okay we transform we're, we're in the process of transforming how do i harmonize some of the stuff that i've learned from this transformation again gathering and on and using the the concepts and the ideas that have been sort of forefront during this time period how can i like start to harmonize with this a little bit and use it to help myself continue down this evolutionary path and again, a lot of it's going to come through the way you're thinking and the mental state, like the way you communicate and express and the way you think and conceptualize. Okay. Okay. And then the last thing with Jupiter – well, there's a lot of things going on, but like the, these are my little hits that I'm bringing up. The last thing that I find that's super potent with Jupiter is on the August, 8, August 19th, Jupiter is going to square Saturn. And a squaring – Square is like, you know, a 90 degree. So there, I always think of it as like a half moon versus a full moon. That's the way I look at squares. And so you might remember in December of 2020, there was a great conjunction. You know, everybody was talking about it. the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. You could see them in the sky together at zero degrees Aquarius. Mm-hmm. So they went into Aquarius first to kind of highlight this Pluto and Aquarius business, which, you know, everything's all layered and woven together. It's just fabulous. But This, that, that December 2020 conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius were showing us amplifying ideas and beliefs around like, what, what are we building here? What is this new world? Like the patriarchy is breaking down, you know, the age of Aquarius or the age of Pisces is breaking down. What does that mean? You know, like, what am I letting go of in order to like build into? And so that was like our first hint into it. And I love that we could like look at the sky and see it. I was in awe of it. Um, <laughs> but then like now we've reached sort of a halfway point. So when you, when you have a conjunction, it's sort of like they're, they're together in the sky. So it's like a new moon. It's a beginning. And so now we've grown from that new beginning into like a halfway point, which is a square. So we've evolved from this. And it's like, it's another example of like, what have I learned? what do I want to lean into and what do I want to just leave at this point as like, okay, that was good for this first half. The second half, so to speak, I need to, I want to work on, I want to focus on these things because these were working. These weren't. So there's a full on like taking stock of like what was working, what wasn't working in, you know, over these last few years. And like, just go ahead and let yourself change. Just go ahead and you're not littering if you just leave it at base camp you know, and continue on, and that's the way I look at it. Is like you gotta like be willing to leave some stuff at base camp because you can't take your whole house with you to the summit. And okay. and this is a this is a time of really again like getting really agile in ourselves and the way we think and the way we we show up. And so yeah, where a lot of things are being are being shown to to highlight, um, like again, like what's your future vision? Like, what's your vision for the future? What what kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of human do you want to be? What kind of people do you want in your life? Like, This is where we get really, I mean, I just want to say it. Just like freaking cut the cords. That's that Aries is like a knife. Just cut it, you know? Like, just leave it at base camp. Just cut it. If it ain't working, cut it. It's not forever. <laughs> But it just can be, you know, it's just like you, if you want to be aerodynamic and you want to keep moving, you got to be willing to let that stuff go, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Awesome.
0: There's a lot going on in 2024. I'm glad we had this conversation. Do we cover everything? I have to say one more thing. That's oh, big. okay. Okay. Um, one last so thing. So there's, yeah, one last thing
1: is that Mars is going to be going retrograde in 2024. And so that happens December 6th and it goes into February of 2025 and Mars only goes retrograde every two and a half years. It's a really direct forward moving planet. And so it, it's going to be happening in the signs of Leo back into cancer and then it'll move and then it goes direct into Leo again. So it's sort of the one I think about this Mars retrograde coming up. It's, you know, it's a once in every two and a half years. We haven't had one in a couple of years. And it, again, it's sort of – so I will say this, that like you kind of started the conversation off as like everyone's like this – I'm feeling a little stuck, you know, because there's a lot of retrograde energy. What I want to say is that moving into next year, towards the end of the year, it might have a little reminiscent effect of like – because it's retrograding. And so your action and your, your will is going to feel a little bit – Like, wait, I forgot my keys. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) don't worry. Just go back in and get your keys. You know, like, don't let these things throw you off. Just let them be an opportunity for you to slow it down a little bit so that you're getting really focused on exactly how you want to be. And like, take your time with this is basically what that message brings to me is, you know, everyone's in their own rhythmic timing. And back to that breathing and stuff that we were talking about, like, Find what works for you. What's your rhythm? What's your timing? What's your tempo? Because if you honor that, then you're honoring a higher level of yourself too. And again, back to the North Node in Aries. That's what we're here to do: is like be ourselves authentically, not on somebody else's time, not on
0: somebody else's rhythm, but your our time. You know. Mm. Wow, I'm excited to see. Hopefully, we'll sit down a year from now and have another conversation. And I'm excited to see how these, this all unfolds for people. You know what I mean? And like, you can now that we know what to look for. I think it gives context, and mm-hmm. it gives us tools. And I mean, focusing on yourself to some people is very easy. To others, it's going to be a big lesson.
1: And that's where that chiron comes in. It's like self love, baby. Like. There's only one you. There's only one you. Nobody else in this whole planet that's alive right now is like you. Not one single mm-hmm. human being. We have places where we cross over and we meet one another, but we're also unique. That's the Pluto in Aquarius too. It's the unique in, in the collective and and frankly like the more of us that are honoring ourselves and like caring for ourselves, like then you can show others like this goes back to like the true embodiment is, is where if I'm doing something, there I might be giving someone an opportunity to go, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. Mm. You know, like, and I, I just feel like there, it's going to take a lot of courage and strength to just stay the course on your own trajectory, on your own path, and, and be willing to do that unapologetically for the good of the whole. Like it's actually, you know, cause sometimes I, I, I know that like thinking and reflecting on yourself can seem a little, you know, bourgeois navel gazing or self-centered or narcissistic and all these things that are, you know, keywords in our, in the collective right now. And, and it's true. I mean, there's plenty of that, but chances are that, um, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're not one of those people where you're no. needing, you know, you probably are lo- one of those people that like, who knows what you have, like. I just like have this like so much I get so much energy from understand like from believing in the fact that like if there's that one person out there that they tap into themselves they're going to solve they're going to do something great for humanity if they just give themselves enough love and and self-healing to to be who they are like just who knows what can come of it you know I just yes. d- There's, there's some there, we have a really, we have a really beautiful opportunity to push through some heavy walls that, you know, and I, I have this feeling coming into 2025, we're all going to back to that butterfly thing. You're going to come out with wings. You might not be the same type of being that you were when it all started and good on you. If you can be brave enough and strong enough to do it, like bless it, you know, do it.
0: Ah, I love it. Oh, thank you so much yeah. for sharing all of this. I I, I know that everyone's going to take a lot from it. And thank you for all of your time and preparation. Um, I know that they took a lot of uh, synthesizing of all the information that you're getting. Um, I would love to encourage people to work with you directly. Uh, especially if they want to see how these principles that you've talked about apply to their chart or you help with so many things. So where can people find you? Yeah. Where can people work with you? The
1: best place to reach me is through my website at livinginrhythm.com. Perfect. Um, Sundayphillips.com will get you there too. But uh, living in rhythm. And um, so I can, I book sessions. I book one-on-one sessions. We can do small group sessions as well. You just email me through that, through my website and we can set something up. Um, another thing is, is if you're just wanting to listen a little bit more, I have a podcast as well. It's called the living and it's called living in rhythm podcast and it's on all the places you can find them. And, uh, yeah, that's, I've, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but I'll be launching another episode here shortly, but I really try to stay in the moment and present with those podcasts. So if you're just sort of like how we ran today's format, where if you just want to listen and tune in and, and learn a little bit about how to look for how these, these astrological alignments influence you. You, I, I really try to teach more than, than Mm. project on those things. And so, um, yeah, I'd be happy to work with everybody on whether it be embodiment work and Pilates and yoga and core calibration, or whether it's through an astrology reading sessions, I'm all for, for working with people and doing a holistic perspective on it. So taking that holistic approach.
0: Yay. Well, thank you again. And thanks for everyone for listening to this massive two-parter episode. It's our first two-parter, but I feel like it's the perfect time to introduce that. And uh, we'll see you next Moonday for another topic. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop. Moon Day Mystic is hosted and created by Kelly Knight, produced by Ariel Duncan, and inspired by magical listeners like you.